0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk.
1: So I thought it would be fun to do a show about um, planning for travel, and we're going to talk a little bit about before you go travel. We're going to talk a little bit about while you're traveling, and then some things, especially for business travels, to think about right. after the fact. Absolutely. So I've been looking forward to this. Oh, good. Now, what yeah. you have to say? Yeah. It's kind of an interesting topic, I think. But I'm a travel bug. Well, I love you to travel all, so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. So, OK, let me tell you a little story about um, my dad, actually. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, I hope I'm OK to tell your story. <laughs> but... Um, All right, so my parents were in, um, I believe this happened in Prague. My parents have been the ones that instilled the travel bug inside of me, and uh, they've traveled all over the world. But my mom and dad were on a fabulous trip overseas, and um, they had been there for about two and a half weeks. And so they had taken hundreds and hundreds of wonderful pictures, and they'd kind of learned the (laughs) systems and the trains and the subways of the local area and things like that. Guard and was
0: probably down. You know, you know I think it was yeah. by the end of
1: the trip. They mm-hmm. This was within a couple of days of them coming home. And uh, so anyway, they were on the subway. And my dad, after the fact, realized someone had kind of casually bumped against him on the subway. And it was right before the doors opened. And as soon as the doors opened, he realized... You know what? I think that that guy that bumped against me did it in such a strange way that he picked my pocket. Oh, my goodness. And sure enough, he just patted his pocket and his wallet and his camera was gone. So, I mean, in the blink of an eye, it happened. Now, the funniest part of this story is that my dad was so mad, <laughs> he started charging after this fellow across the subway station. Desperate people take desperate measures. Absolutely. Just bellowing, stop that thief. <laughs> now, I, I I think, you know, dad, don't take offense to this, but I don't think my dad has run anywhere in many years. And the, the thought of him running after... <laughs> The pickpocket. Oh. I just love it. I mean, he, these cam- this camera, these pictures really mattered to him. It did. And what was the most amazing thing about it is that the people <laughs> in that area are so sick of pickpockets that they listened to him and the other citizens grabbed the guy.
0: Wow. The
1: guy took the wallet and the camera and threw it on the ground and then ran away. So my dad got his possessions back, which is an amazingly good ending to this story. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I asked him, you know, I, I think I would be a little afraid to charge after someone who had picked my pocket, you know. Right. You know, it's a little scary to it, pursue a criminal. It would be
0: intimidating in a way. Like
1: Exactly. Ugh. So I'm like way proud of my dad for taking charge of that situation and going after him. And I asked him, you know, what what persuaded you to do that and he's like well it really wasn't my wallet all of that was replaceable but I spent all that time taking all those pictures of this trip and those were really meaningful to me
0: yes I did not want to lose Absolutely. those Absolutely, it's it's you have the memories far longer than the trip
1: yes and Exactly. That's,
0: and I have to interject at this point that Kelsey Banky, who's on with you sometimes, who's also a certified financial planner, your dad was her advisor at Simpson College. Oh, yeah. And when <laughs> I heard you telling Kelsey that story, and Kelsey said, I can't imagine your dad running. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My dad's going to hate this program. <laughs> Uh, you've inspired me, Dad, to tell yeah. a story, so you should love it. Anyway, the, um, the thing about it is that the pickpocketing, especially in Europe, is a rampant problem. Hmm. So there is some financial... Um, you know, problematic issues that can happen depending on where you're traveling to and some measures that you can take in order to protect yourself against Mm -hmm. them. So that's really what we want to talk about today.
0: Great. Bring it on.
1: All right. So first of all, one of the things that I get asked a lot about is, um, you know, should you pay pay? ahead of time for your trips like with your credit cards should you book everything with your credit cards does that put you at risk okay and i think that um anytime that you use your credit card there's a risk from a human being stealing your information or online from it getting trapped um in some kind of electronic you know thievery yeah. but um i do think that using a credit card to pay for travel is kind of the way of the world okay yes. um I do think, though, that if you can, um, just from a budgetary standpoint, if you are going to charge it on your card and then pay that off right away, you're a lot less likely to overspend on your trip. So, you know, it's a good idea to probably use your credit card, but it's not a bad idea. It's not a good idea to overextend your credit (laughs) card.
0: (laughs) Do you have any opinion on taking out a credit card specifically for the trip?
1: Um, I, I don't think that that's usually a good idea because okay. there's some weird things that credit does, you know, when you oh, right. charge your credit card up beyond a certain amount and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and even the act of taking out a new credit card can adjust mm-hmm. your credit. So I don't think that that's usually All right. a very wise idea. Now, sometimes um, if you pay for a trip with your credit card, it's a little easier to get a refund. So um, if you have uh, bought your airline tickets with a credit card and you've bought tickets that are refundable tickets, the airline has to forward a credit to your credit card company within seven days of receiving your application for a refund. So it can kind of expedite your getting your money back if for some reason you can't go. All right. However, right now, the way the airlines are set up or any of the, like, Expedias or, or you mm-hmm. know, um, online com- yeah, online travelocity type of things like that are set up, you get a better price on your tickets if you buy the non-refundable ones. Oh. You know, it can make a 50 $70 difference per ticket if you buy non-refundable versus refundable. All
0: right.
1: So what I think you have to do with that is evaluate whether or not that amount of money is meaningful to you, the okay. ticket money. Okay. Okay. So if you bought a $300 ticket, probably doesn't make sense to spend 50 bucks for uh, travel insurance on that or, or refundable tickets. But if you bought a $1,800 ticket for a trip to Europe, that probably is worth mm-hmm. making sure that ticket is refundable because mm-hmm. that's a bigger amount of money. And if you can't go on that trip or you need to adjust it, mm-hmm. I think it's important to be able to get your money back mm-hmm. on that. So, okay, the um, <clears throat> next thing I want to talk about is uh, during your trip, if something happens and you get robbed, what's the best thing that you can do to protect yourself with that? So Run after the person. Yeah, run, start bellowing, <laughs> stop that thief! <laughs> if you know it happens. Exactly. So, Amy, tell us a story about your father-in-law. Yes. They had an issue too, right?
0: They did. They were so excited. They were going over to Scotland mm. to uh, have a wonderful trip with his siblings and their spouses and stay with long-lost relatives that they'd never met. Okay. And they got over there. Things were good. Um, my in-laws are very good. They they think things through, all of this. Get over there. I think it was like day two of their trip. He went to a cash station. Like you, an ATM type yeah, machine? like an okay. ATM type thing over there. Put his debit card in to withdraw. He had a certain amount he'd saved in that account that they knew they would use. He wanted to wait and take it out when he got over there. Um, so he put the debit card in and he misprinted his pin, and it ate his card. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. So he they are now without their cash feed. And from these long lost relatives, they had to borrow a substantial amount of money. (laughs) And I just can imagine the awkwardness with that. that Sure, that's what
1: happened. That's like the worst case scenario. Your long lost relatives show up and then they want money (laughs) (laughs) for the whole
0: trip. And they're staying with you. Oh, my goodness. So just, I don't know how unusual that is, but they had the one debit card and that's what happened to it. Gotcha. So the
1: moral of this story is have a backup plan for accessing (laughs) cash. If you're going to travel and you have a card, maybe have at least two places, two cards that you can get money from. So... (sighs) All right, so traveling domestically is a little bit different than traveling internationally. I know that when I travel internationally, I like to have my ATM card with me, but Mm -hmm. I also like to have at least two credit cards with me, and I try to keep them in different places. Like I don't keep them all in the same wallet in case that will get stolen. I try to keep them in two different compartments, like maybe one in my purse, one in my wallet, you know, one in my pocket or something like that. Um, But I try to separate them a little bit. And then um, I also make sure that before I go on any type of international trip that I have currency and I have American cash. So currency okay. of whatever that country is. So I've gone most frequently to Europe. I've gone to Paris to paint twice. Yes. And let me tell you, that's the most <laughs> fabulous thing ever. But when I've gone to Paris, I have um, made sure that I have changed some money into euros before I go. And I have American Cash with me because a lot of those places will accept cash. They'll give you the instant translation of what the value is, and Mm -hmm. then they'll take the cash. I'm not 100% sure their valuations are always exactly (laughs) accurate, so you might want to be able to do that in your head. But um, I will say that they will take that. They like cash money in a lot of places in Europe. And then I also will pay for things as I go with my credit card. So now if you're traveling internationally and using your credit card, though, be aware that your credit card companies will often charge you an extra fee for having an international charge on there. And it can be up to like three or four percent. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that the first time that I went over there. Per transaction. Yeah. So, if you know, I was like, oh, I'll just put this $300 item on here. And all of a sudden there's a four percent credit card fee. So they kind of they kind of get you no matter which way you go. The other thing, though, that is um, interesting about traveling, especially in Europe, is that some of those countries have something called a VAT tax, V-A-T tax. And the VAT tax is something that the um, residents of Europe have to pay, but guests and visitors aren't supposed to have to pay it. Now, at the point of purchase, everybody pays it. But if you have spent enough money on purchases over there – you can go back and you can get that VAT tax refunded to you, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to prove it. So sometimes the easiest way to prove it is to have your receipts and your credit sure. card receipt there to prove out what you paid while you were in their country for their VAT tax, and then you can get that back. And the VAT tax can be a lot. That can be 15 to 20% of whatever you spend. Oh, wow. That's so substantial. Yeah, so worth your time if you have spent quite a bit of money on, it's not necessarily always on things like food, or hotel, but if you buy purchases, like if you're buying clothing or if you're buying gifts or things like that, it might be worth your time to try to get your VAT tax back. So I had a good friend who went to Italy trip of a lifetime and she just got sicker than a dog over there and it ended up being a heart issue. Oh. So they cut the short the, the trip short and they came home early. Oh, wow. Um and, and so I did some thinking about that and kinda looked into it and here's the amazing statistic. According to the PR Newswire National Travel Survey, they revealed that sixty three percent of travelers get sick while they're on vacation. Isn't that amazing? Wow. 63% of people have a health problem, whether it's a cold or a flu or some kind of major or a issue. Fall, yeah. I'm guessing
0: two would count.
1: 63% of travelers need some kind of health-related care wow. while traveling. And get this, most of them end up spending more than $1,200 out of pocket. That's the average spend out of pocket. <gasps> And that seems really exorbitant. Mm -hmm. And then I got to thinking, well, if you're in a situation where you have to be airlifted back to the United States or if you need surgery in some foreign country and your insurance Mm -hmm. didn't cover it, uh, it would be really easy to stack those numbers up. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Before you travel within the United States, you want to check with your health insurance provider to find out what your network looks like. Okay. So a lot of um, health insurance plans out there, if they're HMOs or if they're PPOs, that means that you have kind of a local network who are the docs that you can go see mm-hmm. without permission to go elsewhere, okay. basically. Now, if you don't have an HMO or a PPO, generally you still have a network. It's just a little bit broader and you don't have to get pre-permission to go see someone that's different from your normal docs. Okay. Okay. So... Um, I know that I have gone out to L.A. where my son lives. My oldest son lives in North Hollywood. Okay. And uh, he's out there pursuing the music dream. (laughs) And I've gone out to visit him. And while we're out there, you know, have gotten sick before. And um, trying to figure out, well, who can you go see is a nightmare. So doing a little planning ahead of time to figure out who the docs are in the area that you're going to, just in case you have a problem. Which you probably won't if you do that legwork first. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, there you go. I'm all for it. If I can prevent getting sick by looking at the docs ahead of time, I'm all for it. (laughs) So, yeah. So anyway, um, and some of the health insurance companies have way better networks nationally than others do. Mm -hmm. So take a look at that. Um. Now, if you're traveling outside the United States, your health insurance may not cover you at all. It totally depends on the health insurance cover you have. And here's the thing. I believe Medicare does not provide coverage for medical treatment outside the United States, mm. even though your supplement might. Oh. However, the supplement that you choose, some of them have international coverage and some of them don't. Okay. OK, so you really want to check on it, especially if you're in that Medicare age. You really want to know what your benefits are if you're going to travel overseas. Um, and, and here's the other thing. Even if your policy does extend overseas, it might not be the same benefits that you have while you're on U.S. soil. OK, so it can really get dicey. Oh. And it's important to check the limitations of your policy. So. Um, I guess the health insurance related type of things are an important thing to keep in mind okay So all right the, the next thing I wanted to talk about was travel insurance. So you know how you get that Yes when you buy a plane ticket yeah. they're always asking <laughs> if you want travel insurance So yes. you get those annoying emails do you want oh. travel insurance
0: Yes. <laughs> And it they, seems like a bargain,
1: but yet that's what seems wrong with it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They always, to me, feel like such a scam. Yes. You know, I, I think, gosh, you know, that just, it feels like they're just taking your money for, well, from do And remember you. when you could buy it at the airport? Like they Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they still have that. but I don't think you can do that <laughs> yeah. anymore. But, you know, every time you buy a plane ticket, they want to know if you want to insure your plane ticket. Every time, you know, do you want to buy refundable hotel rooms versus not refundable? I kid you not, just last night, I booked a trip out to Sacramento, California. Okay. I'm going to go out there in October. And um, I was kind of playing on things on the internet. You know, do I want to book through Expedia? Do I want to book directly with airlines, et cetera, et cetera? And I was priced, you know, matching and things like mm-hmm. that. And the um, bottom line is, I could see on all of the sites that my plane ticket was literally $67 less if it was non-refundable versus refundable, okay, $67. Not necessarily a huge deal, but it, it gets better. So then I went to go book my hotel for when I'm out in Sacramento. And the rates for the hotel was it's $141 a night if you want a non-refundable room and want to pay now, or it's $156 a night if you wait and you pay there because you can cancel up till the last minute. Now, to me, that is the same kind of thing as trip cancellation insurance. I'm going to pay, what, $15 more a night. And if you're somewhere for a week, that's a fair amount of money. That is. Just for the privilege Mm -hmm. of having it either be refundable or not refundable. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like um, the companies are jacking us around a little bit in terms of, um, you know, these extra little fees that are out there. Um, They really add up. They really do. They absolutely do. And, you know, life changes enough mm-hmm. between here and October yeah. <laughs> for us not to always feel comfortable that, well, hey, what if something comes up and that trip doesn't go? So it's kind of a little bit of you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. But what trip cancellation insurance does, there is specific trip cancellation or interruption insurance that you can buy. And basically it protects you if you have to cancel your travel plans before you leave or if you have to cut your trip short due to some kind of unforeseen event. And it's different. Trip cancellation insurance is a different thing than non-refundable fees. Okay. It's something that you actually go buy. Um, I own a timeshare and my timeshare company offers trip cancellation insurance that you can buy for a whole year for like 120 bucks. But their trip cancellation insurance is only good if it's connected with going to one of the timeshares.
0: Oh. You know, so it's,
1: it's, everything it's has all these little rules and regulations mm-hmm. and things like that. So the best thing I can tell you about you know, trip cancellation insurance and things like that is it really just depends on how much you've spent on the trip as to whether or not it's worth it. If you could absorb the $150 rebooking fee – to change your ticket, or if you can absorb losing the plane ticket value altogether or the hotel value altogether, I don't know that it's worth it to add that insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have something going on in your life and it is unsure whether or not you're definitely going to be there, then it might be worth going ahead and spending that extra money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Amy, yes, you work for a wonderful company, and I'm sure <laughs> that you have – um, receipts that you have to turn in for your travel. So what's the best way that you've kind of come up with with collecting your receipts as you travel? Well, I do have
0: a specific little pouch where okay. they go. Um, right.
1: Now, I have still lost some. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: typically... That's all I do, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, some people house their receipts all in one space. Sometimes business travelers will um, write on the top of the receipt what it's for. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people will have a little uh, app on their phone that they can snap a picture of their receipt and then, boom, file it right away. Um, There's even electronic scanners that you can just scan the file if you have this little wand thing and you can scan the receipt, scan the paper, whatever, and then code it right to your receipts. So there's all kinds of good ways to um, make sure you're keeping track of your expenses um, while you are traveling. And here's the thing. We have this great planning for travel booklet that we've put together. If you want to call us at 605-217-3555 or go online, you can get this great planning for travel booklet. And hopefully it sets you up so that uh, you are all set when you travel to be safe, to be protected, and to have a fantastic trip without dealing with any of these crazy things that could happen along the way.
0: Call us at 605-217-3555 for your copy of the Planning for Travel booklet.